Support for Industry Focus comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, work with one that has your best interests in mind. Use Rocket Mortgage for a transparent, trustworthy home loan process that's completely online at quickenloans.com forward slash fool. Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. Today is Thursday, January 26, 2017, so we're talking about energy, materials, and industrials. I'm your host, Sean O'Reilly, and joining me today in studio is Motley Fool contributor, Mr. Adam Levine Weinberg. Good morning, Adam. How are you? I'm great. Good morning, Sean. How are you? Not too bad. I uh, got my coffee, got a good podcast companion. We're good to go here. Excellent. Um, so, uh, been a little while since I've asked, had you on the show. It was a month or two. Um, you're good enough to join me. and I, we, we talked about uh, Buffett's investments in yes. uh, the airline industry for the first time in, I don't know, since the 80s when he did the preferred stock investment in, I think it was U.S. Airways. Correct. Um, anyway, so I wanted to get you in here and... Uh, Answer the eternal question, who makes a better plane, Boeing or Airbus? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so we're gonna slice. A, I remember when I first posed ways. it to you. Uh, sorry to interrupt. I, I remember when I first posed it to you. I was like, "Oh, that's a good one." Like, <laughs> anyway. So sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. So so I guess just to sort of start off, um, I wanted to say that safety wise, both of these companies make very safe airplanes these days. Um, there's really no difference. Um, both of them have incredible safety records. Um, obviously, there are accidents sometimes. Most of the time, it's pilot error or some sort of human error. Um, and so, safety-wise, both of these companies, you know, they know what they're doing. They're making you know very reliable planes. Um, when you get beyond that, there's some really interesting comparisons between the the planes of of both companies. So we'll start off with what's um, probably the most important for a lot of the fools listening to this show out there, uh, which is passenger comfort. Um, how do you feel when you're on the plane? Is there space? Do you feel like you're cramped in like a sardine? And a lot of that actually doesn't depend so much on the airplane uh, as much as it does on the airline itself, because the airlines have a lot of uh, leeway to set up the planes the way they like. But there are so they can move the seats, is what you're. They can move the seats around yeah. um, in their own configuration. Um, there are some limits to that, but not not a lot. Um, what's interesting is that. In general, Airbus planes tend to have wider seats than than Boeing, uh, and there's a few reasons for that. Um, on the the narrow body side, these are the single aisle planes that you see flying all around the United States, um, and on some of the shorter international flights, the the Boeing 737. It's the best selling plane uh, in history. Um, the runner up is Airbus's A320, which is the competitor, mm-hmm. and it just happens that the Boeing 767 has been around since the 1960s. And Boeing just keeps redesigning it and oh, redesigning wow. it. So this is a fifty-some-odd-year-old plane now. When it was when originally designed, it was a small plane meant to carry about a hundred passengers, and now it's gotten up to one hundred and fifty and even two hundred passengers oh, um, wow. in many configurations. They've made it longer. Um, they have obviously upgraded the engine several times. They've upgraded graded all of the interiors and the cockpits. What they haven't done they've is they've downgraded legroom. I'm kidding. That, that's that's true. <laughs> but, uh, but again, that's up to the airlines. Um, but what what hasn't changed is the width. And this was a plane that was originally meant for relatively short flights. Um, and so it's a little narrower than the Airbus A320, which was designed about 20 years later in the 80s. And so the result is that, uh, generally speaking, the seats on a Boeing 737 are about a half an inch to an inch uh, narrower 
than the seats you'd see on an A320, and the aisles often usually narrow. It's about a seven or eight inch difference, uh, which in doesn't sound like a, the whole plane. Which doesn't sound like a lot, but then you're talking about on every seat, and it's uh, yeah, it and especially up. you know what people have have said. Um, critics of the of the industry have said you know people are are getting. You know, the average weight is going up, in, especially in the United States. Um, I was going to make a and joke, and I, it was just, oh, it's interesting that the, the European plane has the wider seats. I was like, what's yeah. up with that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's just from when it was designed, really, and what it was designed for. Um, the 737 kind of grew into its current mission, and about you know, five or ten years ago, Boeing was really strongly considering uh, sunsetting the 737, completing a completely new design. Um, but the problem is when you think about the cost of of a completely new plane compared to what it costs to upgrade one when it's already selling they've they've sold um, there's no incentive they've yeah. sold thousands and thousands of these looking out you know five and even ten years so there's no there's just no reason right now that's so funny because um, you know the 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 joke is obviously like oh you Americans and your big cars <laughs> and stuff and Europe makes the slightly bigger plane like what's yeah <laughs> yeah and so you've seen the same thing actually um, on the wide body side so these are the planes with two aisles that you typically see on the longer haul international routes and the uh, the Airbus a330 and a350 were designed um, with 18 inch seats and if you talk to Airbus, They'll they'll talk to you about how they love passenger comfort and that they have decided that 18 inches is like the correct width and the seat can't be any less than that, or else you're going to be really un- uncomfortable, especially when you're trying to sleep um, or just stuck in your seat for for a 12-hour flight. The funny thing is that Boeing didn't intend to have narrower seats on its wide-body planes, which are the the 777, the Boeing 777, mm-hmm. and then also the Boeing 787, which is also popularly known as the Dreamliner. Um, those were actually designed with wider seats, and the the planes are actually so wide that airlines realize, huh, we can fit an extra seat in each row, oh, and so that's what they did. <laughs> um, so originally, these were meant to have 18 and a half or 19 inch wide seats, even wider than the Airbus ones. And now, virtually every airline, um, especially the ones that are taking the airplanes now, as opposed to ones that got them, you know, 15 or 20 years ago. In the case of the 777, they're all configuring them with. Um, an extra seat in each row. And so now they've got 17 inches of seat width, which is okay for a while, but a lot of, of passengers find that un- uncomfortable um, if you're traveling for a really long time. Right. Um, in other aspects of, of travel, the the newest planes from both Boeing and Airbus, so this is the 787 from Boeing and the Airbus A350, they have um, some really innovative changes where they've, um, because of the new materials that they're working with, they can keep the cabin uh, a lot more humid than it used to be possible uh, to do, and they have also increased the air pressure, so it's it's closer to the ground level pressure. Usually, it's pressurized now to about six thousand feet instead of eight thousand feet, uh, and they have said that uh, it greatly increases passenger comfort and can also actually help a lot with reducing jet lag. Um, so those are two big improvements um, that both both manufacturers have made. But just based on the seat width alone. Airbus has a bit of an edge over Boeing uh, in terms of the passenger comfort. Got it. Um, so, uh, I just took over an airline. I'm an executive <laughs> at an airline. Um, I, was, I was completely sold by Buffett's extraordinary, ex- extremely modest investment in the sector. Um, and I am coming to you, and I'm talking to Boeing and Airbus, and I'm like, so guys, um, biggest cost is, uh, is fuel. It's oil. It's 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 gasoline. Um, oil prices are cheap right now. Gasoline. It's actually been a huge boon for the industry, but that might not last forever. Right. Uh, which of you guys is more fuel efficient? 
Yeah, so this is another big uh, a point where the two manufacturers disagree with each other and, and put out all kinds of statistics um, that are usually doctored in one way or another <laughs> to, to show why their planes are so much more fuel efficient. Um, the best people to talk to on, on this are actually the airlines, because um, they don't have uh, a dog in the fight, so to speak. Um, and generally, when you talk to, to either the airlines or the aircraft leasing companies, uh, historically, Boeing has had a small advantage in terms of fuel efficiency. Uh, it's not a lot, but for a comparable What do you plane, mean by small? We're talking about like maybe 2%, 3% um, okay. for a comparable generation plane. So, obviously, uh, a 20-year-old Airbus plane is going to be way behind uh, a Boeing plane that just rolled off the assembly line today. Right. But for what they're building at the same time, um, they've been pretty similar. Um, on the narrow-body side, so this is the, the 737 and the A320, um, historically, Boeing's had an advantage, and that may have disappeared, actually, just now, because um, one of the problems with, with Boeing um, having this really old design that it keeps reusing for the 737 is that it can't use um, the same type of engines as Airbus has been able to use because uh, the the plane is very short. It's not very high off the ground. And so, mm-hmm. without making really big changes to the landing gear to sort of prop up the plane higher, they can't use um, bigger engines. And and those bigger engines tend to have better uh, fuel efficiency. Yeah. So Just because of more surface area on the blades? And st- it, it, it's very complicated uh, science. Okay. That, yeah. you know, it, the bigger engine has um, creates more drag, which, um, which reduces the fuel efficiency, but mm-hmm. the engine itself um, tends to be more efficient. Um, hmm, and that okay. usually more than balances it out. So Boeing's found some workarounds so that it got pretty close. Um, but uh, Boeing's typically talked about the its next generation plane, the 737 Max, um, which is going to be available to to uh, the first airlines this year, as being about 13 percent better than the previous generation. Mm-hmm. Whereas the the new A320 Neo, which is the um, version of the A320 with upgraded engines. That's about a 15% or 16% advantage in terms of fuel consumption. So that alone probably closed the the 2 or 3% advantage that Boeing had previously held over Airbus. So now they're pretty much neck and neck uh, on that. And uh, on the wide body side, um, the the Boeing planes are also probably a little bit better, but um, it's pretty close. Yeah. Um, and especially with the the new A350, which is a, a new Airbus plane that came out a couple of years ago, and then there's um, a, an upgraded engine version of the A330 that will be available uh, early next year. With with those coming from Airbus, um, it's it's pretty much neck and neck, and that's really not that surprising because these these two companies are using the same engine suppliers, uh, and the engine obviously is the the most important um, part of the plane in terms of determining how much fuel it, it uses. Got it. All right. Well, before we move on to talking about the market for these planes, uh, I wanted to give a shout out to our sponsor. Once again, support for this podcast comes from Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust and who has your best interests in mind. With Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure you get the mortgage solution, a solution that is right for you. 
Whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank, skip the waiting, and go completely online at quickenloans.com forward slash fool. Equal housing lender, licensed in all 50 states, nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Thanks again to Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans for supporting our podcast. So, Adam, um, fuel efficiency is a bit of a tie. Airbus has a modest advantage in terms of seat size, and it's again, it's up to the airline. Yeah. Um, talking about the market, um, Boeing has long been known. Like, if you think of the quintessential example of an American manufacturing firm, mm-hmm. it's either Boeing or GE. And ironically yeah. enough, GE sells the engines, engines to Boeing. Yeah. Boeing. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, wh- what's the marketplace look like right now? Because you hear these, uh, I, what's like Boeing's backlog? It's like enor- it's some enormous number. I, I read, it's like in the hundreds it, of billions or trillions or something. It's, yeah, and it's, it's, yeah, it's been hovering for the last few years in the 450 to $500 billion just range. Of all the future orders, may yeah. or may not happen, but bottom line. Mm-hmm. Um, but they have this backlog of future orders and everything. Um, and you hear like... Cutter bought fifty billion dollars worth of planes from Airbus. Da 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 da. Um, so, what does it look like, you know, today with the market in terms of market shares and all that stuff? Yeah. So, in terms of uh, overall market share, Airbus is a little bit um, is a little bit higher in terms of the orders for the future, um, but in terms of annual sales, so that's what's being delivered in each year right now. Um, Boeing still has a little bit of an advantage. So. Um, that will probably, or at least it, it may flip at some point. Um, obviously, if Airbus continues to have more orders um, than Boeing, then eventually it'll be building more planes than Boeing. So but future orders are higher for Airbus. For Airbus, exactly. Do you uh, was there ever a time where Airbus was way in the leaders? Boeing been it for? I mean, this is the first time that Airbus. Um, this being like over the past five years, particularly since the A three twenty Neo went on sale, that's really where Airbus has built up this advantage. Um, for a long time, it was um, sort of splitting the uh, the A320 and 737 were splitting that single aisle market pretty evenly, but Airbus had a big was at a big disadvantage um, on the wide bodies, and now they're sort of even uh, even split or thereabouts on the wide bodies, and the single aisle planes Airbus is starting to gain an advantage. Um, hmm. So, so basically, um, when we look at the market, uh, Boeing has really. Uh, done some pretty innovative things in the uh, the way that the Dreamliner, so this is the 787, has opened up a lot of new markets for airlines because they basically created a plane that um, is small on the wide body scale. You know, it can seat very typically 200 to 250 people um, in a three class layout where you have you know lie flat first class right, seats yeah. and, and that kind of stuff, um, and it can still fly 8,000 miles around the world. Whereas usually only the biggest jets um, in the past were able to do that, and so this is open. And those up. are hard to fill up. I mean, there's not that's, right. And that's so, the trick. And and so what happened was either you had to f- um, put all of your flights through like one or two very big hubs to generate the traffic, or you had to sell a lot of fares at, at really you know really low prices. And, that and who wants that? <laughs> um, great for travelers, not great for the airlines typically. Right. So so basically, um, Boeing has created this plane. That has uh, opened up new markets, um, you know, six thousand, seven thousand mile flights that where it was never possible before to profitably fly that on a nonstop basis, um, and so was so that was a bit of a brilliant move. It, on it their really part. was. Um, 
Boeing and Airbus sort of had different philosophies. Airbus developed the A380, which is this enormous plane, um, two, two decks along the entire length of it, can seat 500, 600 people. Oh, my gosh. Um, and their idea was air traffic keeps, keeps growing at a really quick rate. It's doubling every 15, 20 years, and so we just need bigger and bigger planes. And that's true, except that Boeing said, well, wait, rather than having everybody continue to go through these hubs and just make them bigger and bigger, why don't we let people go nonstop on routes where you couldn't go nonstop until there was an, enough of a sort of critical mass of traffic? Um, and so they sort of had these different philosophies. And so the result is that right now, Boeing has better coverage of the full market. Um, mm-hmm. So they have um, their narrow bodies, which um, are the shorter haul flights, you know, usually less than 3,000 mi- 3, miles. Um, and between 120 and, you know, say 190 or 200 seats at the most at, at the high end of that range. Um, and then they have this small wide body with the 787, and they also have uh, the 777, which is um, a somewhat larger wide body, which is more in the 250 to 350 seat range. Um, and that actually has a new version coming out that's going to make it even bigger and sort of stretch that range up to as many as 400 seats. Um, Airbus, by contrast, um, they also are very strong, uh, even stronger, in fact, on the narrowbody side, where they have um, especially the largest variant of the A320, which is called the A321, um, has really taken off, um, seen a lot of interest from airlines because uh, it reduces the cost per seat the more seats you can put on the same sort of um, version of a plane. Mm -hmm. And the A321 um, is just better suited to that market than Boeing's largest uh, narrowbody is right now. And so Boeing kind of needs to respond to that. And they're, they're very close, potentially, to announcing a, an even larger version of the 737 that would get it closer in size to the A321. But after the A321, there's a big gap in Airbus's lineup um, where they don't have a lot in the sort of 200-250 seat range where um, like Boeing yeah. does. And that just seems, it's probably 2020 in hindsight, but that seems like they should, they, they, they dropped the ball there. Yeah, and so, I mean, they've talked about how um, they've come up with new cabin configurations for the A321 where you can cram more seats on it, but then that starts to give up their advantage in terms of, of comfort because uh, some of that comes from, you know, actually coming up with a better way of organizing the plane, but for the most part, it's shrinking seats. It's shrinking the bathrooms. It's doing all kinds of stuff that's going to make, right. you know, shrinking the the galleys, you know, because they, you know, so that they can't serve food out of them anymore. Um, it's really not not as easy as as Airbus's management has made it seem. Uh-huh. And and so as a practical matter, most airlines aren't going to take them up on the the possibility of putting 220 seats onto an A321. Um, it's only going to be the ultra-budget yeah. airlines that are going to do that. So uh, let's talk some numbers before yeah. we head out of here. Um, who sells more planes? Yeah, so as I said before, um, Airbus definitely has a lead right now uh, in terms of, of the orders. And every year for the last few years, they've pretty reliably come in ahead of Boeing in terms of orders. Um, on the wide-body side, um, both companies have about twelve or 1,300 orders um, in backlog, and those planes tend to go for $100 million or more. Um, so, so that's, you know, between the two of them, several hundred billion dollars of, of planes. On the narrowbody side, the numbers are even bigger, actually. Um, Boeing is over, has over 4,400 planes um, that are in backlog just for yeah. the 737 and the upcoming 737 MAX. 
Airbus is over 5,600. So that's quite a bit ahead. This is a lot of planes we're talking here. Of yeah. Boeing. And so, so there's definitely an advantage for Airbus, but the fact remains that it's going to take Boeing seven years just to build all the planes that it has. Mm-hmm. Um, so Airbus, is, it's kind of overkill. They have, you know, it's great to have that many orders in backlog. It means that you can. Um, survive a recession where you might have a, you know orders dry up suddenly for a couple years at a time, but unless that happens, it's not going to really matter so much because Airbus doesn't have the capacity to build planes much yeah. faster than it's already planning to to build them, um, which is less than 700 a year. So it's got eight nine years of production already locked in, um, and as a result, it's just not going to be able to sell as many, as many planes in the future. Um, or it's going to have to figure out some way to either build new factories or uh, or squeeze more planes out of the existing factories it has. Um, so uh, obviously, this is uh, the Motley Fool. We're investors. <laughs> yeah. um, what do you see coming around for the Ben for these guys, and what do you think of the valuations of these companies? Um, I've looked Boeing's long. I cannot believe this company's return on capital and equity. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like in the nineties some years, ninety percent return on equity in a year. There, it's a fun balance sheet, and we can talk about that yeah. uh, a little bit more another time. But um, you know, it's got a 12, 13 multiple P. I think um, Airbus. It's it, it's a good business, but it's 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 inferior by every measure. They are yeah. not free cash flow positive most years. Boeing just throws off money like it's it it is his job actually. But yeah, um, which stock do you like? What do you see coming around the bend for these guys? Yeah, I still like Boeing stock. Um, it has run up quite a bit in the last uh, in the last few months. Um, you know, just uh, early last year, about a year ago, it had dived down to the low hundreds, um, and it's risen about fifty percent since then. But I still think that Boeing could continue to gain ground um, over the next few years. Right now, they've got a little bit of a um, sort of transitional period, where a couple of their models, particularly the triple seven, which has been a big cash cow for them in the past few years, um, the demand is really falling off. But the reason why is that. You have a new version of that plane, which is coming out um, in 2020. Some people and think they all made. know it, so they're not. Everybody knows it. it. They yeah. announced it several years ago, and you know it's really hard to keep selling an old plane when everybody knows that a, a new, you know, better model, you yeah, know, more fuel efficient, uh, more range is coming out not that far in the future. Um, and it's also true that right now, um, a lot of the developing world, in particular. Um, has been having um, trouble both with a strong dollar, which makes it more expensive to buy these planes, um, and also just unsteady demand. You know, especially in places like Russia, Brazil, you've had um, sort of big drops off in in GDP recently, and so that's definitely cut into the demand for these planes. Um, but if you look out to sort of 2020 and beyond, once that new version of the triple seven um, ramps up, um, Boeing's going to be, I think, in pretty good shape. Got it. Um, to continue growing its free cash flow. Awesome. All right. Well, Adam, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me, Sean. Cannot wait to have you on the show again. And that is it for us, folks. Be sure to tune in tomorrow for The Technology Show with Dylan Lewis. If you're a loyal listener and have questions or comments, we would love to hear from you. Just email us at industryfocus at fool.com. Again, that's industryfocus at fool.com. As always, people in this program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against those stocks, so don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear in this program. For Adam Levine Weinberg, I am Sean O'Reilly. Thanks for listening, and Fool on! Fool on!